When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's the thing about pain. It's universal. You don't even have to speak someone's language to comprehend it. Take this little girl in Gaza. Her cries are enough to communicate the terror and sadness she's feeling. Her tears do the talking. But if there was any doubt, her words make it clear. She's saying there's no one to protect us. How are we supposed to live? This man says he lost 15 of his relatives in airstrikes. We were not on the front line or anything. We were just sitting at home. Just sitting at home. What have we done wrong, he asks. That is a question on the mind of so many Palestinians right now. With relentless airstrikes, barely any running water or electricity or food, the Gaza Strip is being described by some as hell on earth. More than 2,600 Gazans killed so far, just over a quarter of them are children, according to Palestinian officials. And now, after more than a million people were told to evacuate ahead of a possible Israeli ground incursion, Many are wondering if they will ever be able to return to the only homes they've ever known. Gaza needs help, just look at it. It's all like gone, everything's gone. Today, a look inside the race to get relief to Gaza. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Ryan. Today, I called up CNN's Nada Bashir. She's been following the humanitarian efforts that have kicked up across the region since the war broke out. Hey, Nada, where are you right now? Hey, I am in Dubai right now, where they are preparing more aid to be sent over to Egypt, hoping to get it across the Rafah border to Gaza. Right, so we're talking on Monday afternoon here. Where do things stand in terms of that aid going from Egypt? into Gaza or people getting out from Gaza if they want? Well, look, for the last few days, we have seen countless trucks lined up outside the Rafah border on the Egyptian side, waiting for that border crossing to be opened up in order to allow aid to get in. Now, of course, following uh, the beginning of this conflict, we've seen the two border crossings that Israel shares with Gaza uh, being shut completely closed down. That has left only the Rafah border between Gaza and Egypt as a potential outlet or option for aid to get in, but also crucially for people to get up. So my name is Suzanne Basiso. I'm visiting from uh, Utah to Gaza. I came back in March. Um, so for the past eight days, they were a nightmare for every single person living in Gaza Strip. 
particularly those who are dual nationals. We know, of course, that there are uh, countless families who hold dual citizenship. We've seen Palestinian Americans amongst them who are waiting mm. for an opportunity to make it out of Gaza through the Rafah border in hopes of then being evacuated to their homes. Nobody is safe. Nobody's safe. It's terrifying. It's frightening. And so this is a huge point of contention at this current point in time. We have heard repeated calls on Egypt to open up the border, to allow people out, but also to allow aid to get in. And there is a huge amount of concern around the security of this border. So we came, me and my family, we were uh, sitting in the Palestinian area, and what happens? A bomb fell right next to us. It was just a few feet apart from us. It was so scary. My dad was... Of course, we have seen it struck by an Israeli airstrike already. That has caused mm. significant infrastructural damage, which has uh, played a part in this delay in allowing aid trucks uh, to get in. But as you can imagine, for those families waiting at the border crossing, this is a moment of huge panic. They're telling us, oh, they're going to let you in, they're going to let you in. The American embassy, the State Department is telling us, oh, rush to the border, rush to the border. And here we are, over and over again. We come and then we leave. On Tuesday, we They are very anxious, but it is also chaotic because many are hearing mixed messages about whether they will be allowed out, when they will be allowed out, what support will be available to them if and when they reach the other side. And so uh, there is a huge amount of focus on the Rafah border as being really the only point of access for crucial humanitarian aid, but also a way out for those stuck inside the besieged Gaza Strip. Nada, I know that for some of our listeners, the region is is kind of unfamiliar to them. So can we take a step back? What is the Gaza Strip and kind of how did it come into being? Well, the Gaza Strip is essentially a narrow strip of land. It's only about 25 miles long, seven miles wide, which uh, just for reference is a little over twice the size of Washington, D.C. And yet it has a population of around 2.3 million people, around half of which are under the age of 18. Now, more than a million of Gaza's residents are refugees. There are, in fact, eight recognized camps in the Strip, according to the UN's Refugee Agency for Palestine. And it's important to remember the context that when Israel was established back in 1948, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians were either forcibly expelled or fled their homes in the hope of returning. But that's one of the key issues here. They were denied the right to return. We're talking about more than 700,000 Palestinians here. Now, Gaza was seized by Israel following the 1967 war between Israel, Jordan, Egypt and Syria. And since that point, Israel held control over Gaza until around 2005, uh, when Israel withdrew both its troops and settlers from the area. In the following year, Hamas won a landslide victory in Palestinian legislative elections. But this is really where things get a bit more tricky, because then in 2007, Israel enforced a land, sea and air blockade on Gaza essentially cutting the strip off from the rest of the world. And we're talking about mm. severe restrictions on people's freedom of movement, as well as the movement of goods in and out of Gaza. It's essentially a system which has crippled Gaza's local economy and pushed much of the population into abject poverty. Human Rights Watch has not only described the Gaza Strip as an open-air prison, but it's also accused Israel of engaging in a system of apartheid and persecution against the Palestinian people through this blockade. And now what has made things even trickier 
for the Palestinians inside Gaza is Israel has enforced a complete siege, which means no food, no water, no electricity, and no fuel is getting in. They're saying that this war is against Hamas, but almost 2,500 people died in Gaza, and most of them are kids. Were, this, were these kids Hamas? I don't think so. And, you know, we've had the warnings from multiple NGOs, from human rights groups, saying that Gaza is now facing a dire humanitarian situation. And there are real fears that this is only going to get worse and could continue for a very long time. We should say Israel has pushed back on those apartheid claims from Human Rights Watch. It says claiming that its policies are motivated by racism is both outrageous and baseless and belittles the very real security threats posed by Palestinian terrorists on Israeli people. It has long said the blockade was necessary to contain Hamas, which Israel and other countries consider a terrorist organization. More with Nada Bashir after the break. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. Now back to Tug of War and my conversation with CNN's Nada Bashir. You kind of mentioned the displacement on displacement that some families are experiencing right now. Israel asked people in the north to evacuate to the south as they amass their military might near the border. How is that evacuation going at this point? Well, look, we've heard from multiple aid groups. We've heard from the United Nations. They have all described this as being a practically impossible ask. It is a very crammed area. There is little space for people to take shelter there. We've heard from uh, the UN's Refugee Agency for Palestine, which has said that many of its schools, which have now turned into shelters, are at capacity. They simply can't take any more people. Now, according to Israel, they estimate that around 500,000 people so far have moved from the north into southern Gaza following that evacuation notice. And of course, we know that the IDF, the Israel Defense Force, has outlined uh, safe routes, in their words, for people to move to the south between a, a window between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Now, during that time, those routes are said to be safe. Uh, but of course, as we have seen, these airstrikes are relentless. Yeah, how safe can they be if rockets are raining down at all times? Well, exactly. That is the concern here. We know, of course, that authorities in Gaza have accused the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, of targeting civilians as they were evacuating. The IDF has denied that they are targeting civilians. Of course, they say they are targeting Hamas targets in Gaza. But as you can imagine, this has really struck fear into civilians in Gaza who are being told to evacuate when it simply is not safe to do so. And of course, we have to remember that there are many, many civilians in northern Gaza who physically cannot evacuate. We're talking about the elderly, children, those with disabilities, and of course, people in hospital. In fact, we've heard from the Red Crescent Society, which has said 
it is not willing to evacuate because that means they would have to evacuate their patients and they simply can't do that. They've got children in incubators. They can't evacuate everyone. Right. And so in southern Gaza, why doesn't Egypt just let people in? Like, can you help me make sense of that situation between Egypt and Israel and Gaza? Well, look, the Egyptian government has been pretty vocal about the situation in Gaza. The foreign ministry there has called the evacuation order from the IDF a grave violation of the rules of humanitarian law. We know that Egypt has been stockpiling aid that is being sent in through from foreign partners. We do know that foreign aid flights have been allowed to land in Egypt. And we did hear from the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, on Sunday. He was in Cairo. He seemed pretty confident that the border crossing would be opened. The White House on Sunday also saying that Egypt had agreed to let US citizens cross into the country. But the White House has also accused Hamas of stopping Americans from leaving Gaza through the Rafah border crossing. But in a statement today, Hamas said that it is itself urging Egypt to open the crossing to allow aid to get through to those in need in Gaza. And many of them are, of course, desperately in need. Now, Egypt's foreign minister, Sema Shukri, has placed the blame on Israel. But then there are questions around what opening this border crossing will mean for Egypt on the domestic front, of course. Right. In order to permit the border crossing to open, that would essentially, could potentially allow hundreds of thousands of Palestinians from Gaza to come into Egypt. And this has been really a decades-old dilemma for Cairo because, of course, the government is concerned about the security situation in the Sinai region. They say that this is an area uh, which has long been home to terrorist organizations. There is concern about keeping a grip on the security situation. Like if they get a mass exodus of people into their country, they don't really have a way to vet everybody all that thoroughly at this point. Well, absolutely. That would certainly be a concern for the Egyptian government. And of course, the Egyptian government has also said that it doesn't want Sinai to be considered essentially a new home for Palestinian refugees, because of course, this is an issue which has long been held by both Palestinians and in Egypt. They do not want Palestinians to once again be exiled. And in fact, once when we've spoken or heard from Palestinians inside Gaza, some have said that they are terrified that they are choosing either between death in the Gaza Strip or exile without any hope of returning back home. And you really have to appreciate and remember the collective trauma that the Palestinian civilians and population have experienced. Much of the population in Gaza are descendants of Palestinians who were dispossessed of their homes, either forcibly expelled or fled their homes in 1940 or after 1948. And so the prospect of once again being forced to leave their homes with the potential to not be able to return is a huge fear for many Palestinians. And it's something that the Egyptian authorities have also touched on. Well, Nada Bashir there in Dubai. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Krista Bowe, Anna Sterla, and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Steve Liktai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks to Mustafa Salam and Dan DeZula. 
We'll be back tomorrow with another update. In the meantime, you can head to CNN.com or the CNN app for the very, very latest. Talk to you tomorrow. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.